There I am. Grace, peace, and welcome to Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. It's Sunday night, and it's time to hang out and talk about Star Wars. I was so excited, I forgot to hit the button where I actually put myself into the feed. So you got just a quick minute of that beautiful starry background. Um, if I haven't met you before, my name is Nick. I'm one of the hosts of Podcast of the Wills. It is an honor to be with you tonight. I know we've already got friends hanging out in the live chat. And I'm excited to have y'all here. I'm excited to talk to my guest tonight. Uh, normally we do news if we have any news up front. Um, not only do we not have news, we have something a hundred times better than news. If you've been listening to Podcast of the Wheels for any period of time, if you're one of our audio listeners from a long time back, um, you know that this show is not just me. This show is also my good friend, Steve Renault. Um, Steve is one of the founders of Podcast of the Wheels. And I got a message just a couple of short minutes ago, right before we went live. And it said, hey, did you pre-record tonight's show? The answer is no, I didn't. And you know what that means? That means I get Steve Renault. Hey, everyone. The other half of Podcast of the Wills. He I had just a few on. minutes to check in. What is up, brother? How are you? Life is good. Uh, let's see. We had Easter. <laughs> uh I mean, for those of you who don't remember, because I've been gone for a while, I'm an ordained uh, minister. Uh, we had Easter, finished my second semester at Duke, and uh, new babies coming a week from tomorrow. So I'm in like this little sweet spot. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to pop in and say hello, because uh, I've missed, uh, missed being a part of this. Absolutely. Well, we're so thrilled that you are here tonight and that you had a minute to check in with us. New baby on the way. That's super exciting. You said a week from tomorrow. Week from tomorrow. So, just anyway, just in just in time new, with exams done. A new Padawan. So <laughs> another new Padawan. Another, another new Padawan. Li little Will's Pod adherent. Um, well, let's do this real quick before we get you out of here. I know you've got another young Padawan to get to bed. Um, I wish you could stay and hang out tonight, but we'll have you back in here soon where we can stay the whole time. Tell yeah. us real quick. We know that we've got Obi-Wan in production. We've gotten some little tidbits of news coming up here or have heard over the last couple of weeks. What is one piece of Star Wars news you have heard recently that has really been exciting for you? I just I'm liking that in with everything that's going on, this stuff is actually getting made. Uh, mm -hmm. A really kind of scary thing with 2020. It doesn't sound like things have gotten pushed back all that too much. And I'm still I'm making my way through books, uh, and so I've been reading the new uh, kind of old uh, the the High Republic books. High Republic, that's and, awesome. Uh, and those are really kind of fun. So I got to get a good chunk into one the other day. And so I'm just Bad Batch is looking much better than I really <laughs> thought it was going to be. I mean, I thought it's just going to be kind of a continuation, but it looks like it's going to be its own thing, which is really cool. Obi Wan, um, my gosh, it's just it's it's fun again. Uh, it's it's very fun. Uh, I several people. I, I would miss movies. I'm not missing. Mm -hmm. movies. So, and uh, absolutely. So I'm just I'm excited to see what uh, what Disney's rolling out. I keep on like ah, I'm going to get rid of my Disney Plus. I'm going to get rid of my Disney Plus and then do things like Vision, <laughs> Mandalorian, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm like, ah, good gosh, stop doing that, guys. So, that, that's yeah. how they get you. They just well, keep cranking I, them I, out. I'm and 
we're going to say good night. Can you say good night? <laughs> hey, Grantham. Good night. So Thank you so much, Steve. It's so good to see you. Talk to y'all later. All right. See you, buddy. Wow. That was so fun. That was totally unexpected. Literally, I was talking to my guest. We were chatting and all of a sudden my phone dinged and I was actually talking about Steve to my guest. And I said, yeah, we were doing this and explaining the podcast. And I got a text from Steve that said, hey, have you pre-recorded the show this week? And I said, no, are you going to join me? And I got him in and I'm so excited. Y'all got a chance to see Steve for just a minute. We're excited for him to continue finishing up his doctoral program and especially to have a new baby coming a week from tomorrow. So we wish Steve and Olivia nothing but the best with that. And what a great way to kick off the show. So we're going to keep the fun rolling. It's time to bring in my guest. Uh, my guest tonight is a gentleman named Michael Nip. Michael is one of the co-hosts of a podcast called the Deuce Cast Movie Show. And if you're not already listening to the Deuce Cast, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, you need to go find it. You need to subscribe. Um, they talk about movies. They do fun categories. They'll look back on decades of movies. There's so much more that they do. And I'm going to let Michael talk about that. Michael, there are a couple things that I wanted to highlight as I get him in here. Michael is a fellow resident of Alabama. So for me, this is a big deal. I've now had two fellow Alabama podcasters on as I continue to add this like niche collection of guests that I've had. Um, so Alabama podcasters, I'm always excited to have people on from my home state. And also when I reached out to Michael and I asked him to come on the show, he immediately was excited to come on. And what he told me was he's been hosting a podcast for 10 years and he's never been on a Star Wars podcast. And of course, automatically, I was like, well, we can fix that right away. But, you know, as we know, and of course, I'm pretty single focused when it comes to my podcast and Star Wars. Um, I listen to a lot of different other podcasts, but it was just that fun thing. I was like, I can't wait to be the one to give him an opportunity to come hang out and talk about Star Wars. So without further ado, I want to bring in my friend, Michael Nip. Hey, what's up, Nick? How's it going, buddy? Dude, you're here. We're ready. Yeah. We're going to talk Star Wars. I, I'm always excited to talk Star Wars. I mean, any <laughs> excuse. I'm in a room literally surrounded by Star Wars memorabilia, action figures. I've got a huge R2-D2 cooler from like the Phantom Menace days, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, you would like throw all the, pe I think it was Pepsi. You would throw all the Pepsis in them. Uh, I picked uh -huh. that up during the pandemic, so that was a fun pickup. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm excellent. Thrilled to talk about Star Wars, and you well, know, that is... and I do want to. I want to preface. Yeah. I have never been like a guest on a Star Wars podcast. Sure, I dabbled a little bit in Star Wars podcasting. There was a podcast that I had for a couple of years, and maybe we'll come back at some point. Card called Card Trader Illuminati. Um, <laughs> I want to upfront apologize for my friend Rhett that is in your chat right now. <laughs> That's right. I see it. He is going to destroy your chat. So just, just be. That's okay. We, we that. like it when it's exciting. We like it yeah, when it's exciting yeah, in the so chat. I'm going to openly apologize in advance <laughs> for him. He especially likes to destroy chats for people he has no idea who they are. So that's nice. that's going to be fun for everybody in your well, chat. Well, well, good, Rhett. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. So, Card Trader Illuminati. So, when the Star Wars uh, Tops Card Trader Digital app started, mm -hmm. we dabbled in that. We, we we it was Rhett, myself, and my really good friend Tommy um, doing a Star Wars Card Trader podcast. But then it was 
a lot of other things. Um, Absolutely. That, as, as most of them turn out to be, this one yeah, started out yeah. somewhere else and now we're here. So, yeah. Um, I, well, that's know, really I've fun. Taken, I've taken a step back from that. Uh, but, uh, there's a lot of people that would love for that to come back. Um, just because mostly the non star Wars content, but right. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Well, and, and that's actually, actually a really appropriate that you, that was the show that you had. Um, we usually have some friends, Frank and Amy, who also live in Alabama. They live in Huntsville, um, who usually tune in on Sunday nights and they are big card collectors, both oh. physical and the card trader app. Cool. And, um, I know you checked out some of my previous shows, but it was two or three weeks ago. I had on Brandon St. Bernard, who is the, senior digital artist working on the star Wars card trader app um, nice. was my guest. And I use, I fiddle with the app some yeah, yeah, and really enjoy it. And so when he agreed to come on, I was like, Holy cow, this is another person who works in star Wars and like, that's their job. And I got really excited to not only do that, but be able to, you know, have on somebody that again, their job is star Wars. Like that's the dream right there. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. So, it was a lot of fun. Um, he was a great guest and it was neat to hear about, you know, the work he does as an artist and you know, how that relates to his role with the, with the card trader app. Um, well, we have some important business to get to at the top of the show. Yes. And I mean, it's not a Sunday night. It's not a Sunday night with podcast of the wheels. If we're not making a drink, um, right. I keep saying, you know, I'm trying very hard to become the Stanley Tucci of star Wars podcasts, making cocktails <laughs> in my really finely appointed, corner of my garage, not a big fancy kitchen like he has. Um, and so the tradition continues and I have a cocktail queued up that is made in honor of you, sir, my guest. Um, I need to get the screen share going on. Let me see if I can right. do this without you know derailing everything. Um, technology is so lovely. Here we go. We have for everybody tuned in at home. I, oh, I got to get I gotta get this out of the way for just a minute. We are calling this Michael's movie magic. I love this. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make mine right here. In fact, I need to change up the screen a minute. Awesome. Let's see. All right. Well, I don't want to do that. That gets you out of here. So I, we'll do it this way. And I made mine already. So <laughs> Your, yours I'm, is I'm ready. already enjoying mine, and it is Excellent. glorious. Well, what we have is we've got some cranberry juice, about three ounces of cranberry juice. We'll call that three ounces. Um. We have some ginger beer. I have Owen's craft mixers. I believe it was on sale at Publix. So nice. You know, another three ounces of that. Uh, we'll call that three. It's about half. It's about half of this pint glass. Um, and then it says six ounces of wheat beer. I didn't have any wheat beer on hand, but what I had was I had some Elysian space dust. Um, if my friend Jackson is in the chat, Jackson knows that's left over from the stream that we were on Friday together. Nice. So we're going to, just I've got to a shout out to, to local brewery here. Avondale Brewery, Spring Street, Saison is what mm. I used, and it was glorious. It is a fantastic beer. And then what it says on the instructions is you could put some lemon juice, a wedge of lemon. I don't have either of those, but I'm going to throw a little bit of lime juice in here just uh -oh. for fun. Getting fancy. So it's, it's almost like I went to Sonic, but they included some beer in my yes. you know cherry limeade. So cheers to you, sir. Cheers for having fun tonight. And they're almost the same color. <laughs> That's right. Mine's a little more pink, which means I was probably heavy handed on the cranberry, but that's okay too. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Hey, at home, if it you're not making that stuff. right now, you're doing it wrong. That's right. You're totally missing out. So we've got the drink out of the way. We've got the important stuff. Yep. Here's what I want to start with. And this is where I usually start with my guests. Um, tell us about your 
Star Wars origin story, how you kind of, you know, when you first saw Star Wars, growing yeah. up with it, that kind of thing. So um, I grew up uh, overseas quite a bit. My dad worked a lot overseas um, in very strange places. Like I was in Indonesia for a little while. My dad had a job there. So we were there. Um, so really not many movie theaters around. So as far as how I came to Star Wars, it was VHS. Um, you okay. know, we, we would get uh, the videotapes, you know, mailed in from from America a lot of times because Indonesia, uh -huh. you can't get in at that time in the early 80s. You could not get, um, you know, you could not. There weren't movie theaters there. You couldn't get movies. So anything we would have shipped in or we, you know, had some like satellite access every once in a while if we were lucky. But mostly it was the VHS. So I, I distinctly remember watching the vhs there was one that came out like in 82 83 um it was you know a new hope um and that that's kind of how i came into it uh, and it was just a movie i think when you're that age uh that you automatically fall in love with and it's Absolutely. it's really interesting because movies now are so fast-paced and kids today like really want fast-paced stuff back mm -hmm. then i mean we thought that was a fast-paced movie I mean, and it was just absolutely amazing, everything on screen. And I just fell in love with the characters. Uh, obviously, the original trilogy is near and dear to my heart. I have a lot of the Kenner figures. I have the original Star Wars uh, 1977 poster, um, the the one, the actual one sheet. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I mean, it's and, and oddly, that's not one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. But uh <laughs> But it's just one of those things that you, you just fall in love with the idea of a kid that came from nothing mm -hmm. finding ad adventure in an unexpected way, uh, a way that he never ex expected experiencing in his life. He, he thought he was going to be on Tatooine forever, right? right? I mean, and I think a lot of us can relate to that in a way. We think we're going to be in the same city that we're born in forever. We never think we're going to get to, to leave the little town that we're in. And, um, you know, I was really, really blessed to, because of my dad's work to travel all over the world, uh, with him really young mm -hmm. and a little bit when I was older. Um, but I mean, most of that was when we were very young. I mean, we, we did end up, you know, living in Portland, Oregon for quite a while. Um, and then eventually found our way to Birmingham, but, um, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. And then, you know, as we're going to be talking about some of this stuff, I mean, I'll, I'll share some other like stories about, I mean, the thing that I find with Star Wars is it fits into this niche of family, friends, and community. I mean, Absolutely. for whatever reason, and even all my friends, and we're all a bunch of jerks to each other, but one <laughs> thing that we love for the most part Rhett probably will say some of the stuff that he doesn't love about Star Wars, but for the most part, we love Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we have common ground talking about Star Wars and experiencing going to the movies together. I've even been to some of the celebration uh, conventions with some of these Sweet. guys. Uh, and then my dad always would come with me to these conventions. Um, and so that was sort of like the family aspect of it. And I mean, the community that especially last year i think that without the online star wars community i think a lot of people probably would have been in a dark place without i think the question. online star wars community at least the the good part of the star wars community helped a lot of people 
through tough times. Um, yeah, there's without there's always going to be bad eggs out there. But I mean, if you find your group of people that you hang out with online, you don't know these mm -hmm. people in real life, but you have fun with them in, in chats like this mm -hmm. or, you know, participating in that way. I mean, and so I, I just love that aspect of, of star Wars. Um, so. You're absolutely right. And that's something that I've talked about a lot, you know, not only since starting the live stream, but in individual conversations and just over the course of this last year, you know, being able to connect in this way, watching other live streams that I watch, being able to have, I told you before the show, you know, a lot of times the live chat becomes its own separate show while this show is going on. Yeah. Which is great because I get excited to look forward to and see my friends over when I go watch the Bombad cast or when I go watch Holocronicles or when I watch around the galaxy and we've all become this group of friends that not only do I look forward to talking to them and making jokes and, you know, connecting with somebody like you connecting with Mark Marquis who lives in Birmingham mm -hmm. from clashing sabers podcast or Frank and Amy who live in Huntsville, because not only are there those Alabama connections and this podcast community connection, but if I can do everything in my power to end up at celebration in Anaheim next year, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. give out hugs. Like it's my job for these people <laughs> that over the course of the last year I've connected with, and we've connected yeah. because of this star, this thing, this movie about space wizards that, yep. you know, like you, I've had it my entire life. I've grown up with it. I've been obsessed with it in various levels at various times of my life, but it's created this community of people that I can't wait to hang out with Scotty and run around celebration and watch him, you know, react to things and get excited. And I can't wait to run into Pete, you know, all these people that are a part of, you know, my online family, yeah, um, yeah. as we call it. And when your friends become your family on yeah. certain levels, it's, it's really powerful. It's really fun. And it adds to exactly what you said, the core of what star Wars is it's friends, yeah. it's family and it's community. And that has been such a big deal not only over the course of this last year, but I look forward to that continuing as oh, yeah. we go forward and as the world hopefully returns to some kind of, you know, normal, it's a big deal. So yeah, that's so great that you grew up, you know, with that. And then again, in a similar vein um, to me. So you also, you know, you were familiar with what we call the dark times. Um, did, right. did you spend I mean, those, those times with the legends books the old I did. yeah oh sure i mean heir to the empire i mean everybody read that thrawn trilogy i mean that was mm -hmm. huge uh i mean that was uh, that was going to be our sequel trilogy <laughs> yeah i mean that was just I, I think that timothy zahn is one of the best um star wars authors i mean he he knows star wars in a way that he uh just continued to capture that magic that, that luke has created so i mean it's just um, and you know, big shout out to Rick McCallum. I've got Lucas and Rick McCallum here on my t-shirt. They're my two dads. <laughs> um, I, I love them both. So Rick, Rick McCallum. I, I hope Scotty's know. still watching. <laughs> if you, if you haven't watched, silent partner. <laughs> absolutely. If you haven't watched the Bombad cast yet, you need to go find Scotty and Jerry because they are hardcore Rick McCallum guys. And I love you'll, you'll, you'll be right at home with them. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> So you have Star Wars, and that's a fantastic part of obviously what brings you here tonight. It's something that you love. Yeah. But you also do something that I am borderline obsessed with, borderline. I, there's like 
five other podcasts that I wish I could either start or do or whatever. Right. Um, having a wife and four kids and, you know, doing this mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, I dare not try to bring in another one and cross the streams. Yeah. But you host a movie podcast and you've yeah. been hosting that movie podcast for 10 years. Talk about the Deuce cast. Talk about, you know, yeah. getting that well, started and what you guys do. Yeah. So, I mean, we can, we can talk about that. Of course. I mean, you know, movies in general, I, I mean, I think I found my love for movies because of guys like, you know, Lucas Spielberg, uh, Coppola, you know, all of those type of guys, um, that kind of all went to school together and were mm-hmm. buddies, you know, while they were going to USC. And I just kind of fell in love when I was in high school, probably like my freshman, uh, sophomore year in high school when I was still over in Portland, um, I really thought, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to do something in the movie movie industry. You know, God had different ideas for me and my dad sure. got a job over here in Birmingham. So we moved and, and that wasn't necessarily the, the plan there, but my love for uh, movies in general never changed. And it, it's something that when uh, I was, I found myself, living with uh, these four dudes in an apartment that we called the deuce. <laughs> There's a long story about why it's called the deuce. It's not what you think, but it's <laughs> exactly that, you know, da- my, my really good friend and, and co-host of um, the deuce cast movie show, David dollar. He, uh, he came up with the name, you know, from, from when he was in college, but he sort of took that into our, our apartment. It's, it was the second apartment that we lived in. Okay together so that's kind of the deuce and then um you know all these guys that i would really uh jump in front of a car for probably uh and push them out of the way if i had to um these these guys that i've kind of been friends with for years um we decided when we all started getting married off mm-hmm. that we needed to figure out a way to still hang out so Absolutely. it was really born from that it was more born from hey we need an excuse to hang out we know we all love movies this podcasting thing's really popular uh (laughs) let's go ahead and do it so out of the necessity of having an excuse to hang out we did that and we we did it for for years probably like nine of the 10 years just about we were in the same room together doing it okay so that was um, that was an advantage that we had to a lot of podcasts because there's obviously a different dynamic when you're in the same room with with your friend. Without question, um, it, it, and it was so much fun. Then the pandemic hits, and then we have to figure out this whole Zoom Streamyard world, uh, <laughs> it, which is something we had never done. I mean, right. so it was very new to us to have to do it in this way, where we were going to have to edit the podcast before we wouldn't edit. We would just record the thing and throw it out there. <laughs> And it made life so much easier. Do it live. Yeah, we're going to get back to that at some point. But I mean, you know, for right now, we're having to do it this way. But yeah, I mean, any in every movies. I mean, there's certain genres that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I I have found myself over the years liking the horror genre more than I thought I would because we did something every October called Mike Tober where the guys assigned me a horror movie and I hadn't seen any (laughs) of the classics at all. Like I had not seen any of the the really old popular stuff. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I've started to really uh, respect that genre a lot more than I did did before. So that's the cool thing about hosting a movie podcast is you get to find all these movies that 
you never really thought you would ever have time to watch. And, and this year, for whatever dumb reason, I have made the decision that I'm going to watch 365 movies this year. Uh, new to me movies. So I'm not, this right. is not even counting like rewatches. This, these have right. to be like new movies to me. And I've made that commitment and I should have never done that. Uh, it's very time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, yeah. and in listening to your show and I make full, you know, public knowledge of, I haven't always been a subscriber to the deuce cast. Um, I, as I told you before we got online, I don't know how I originally came across you on Twitter, but I did. And I saw right away, He's a podcaster and he's in Alabama. And so I was like following that guy. Like that was all the criteria I needed. Awesome. <laughs> but as I continued to follow you, I liked the things that you said. I, you know, it just, I was like, this feels like one of my guys. And so as I was, you know, working on guests for the show and reached out to you, I had listened to a couple of episodes because I had to figure out, okay, he's a podcaster, but what does he do? But I hadn't listened to a ton of it. And so in the last week or two, knowing you were coming on, I thought I want to do some research. And so I went and downloaded, I think, the three most recent episodes. And then cool. I went back and found a couple of older things, looking for Star Wars stuff, some of that. And what I really love is y'all do, and I'm sure this is just scratching the surface, but like you talked about the 365 movies thing. Yeah. Um, there was a top 200 something list that you were working your way through. Yeah, we um, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And, then, and, and I like the idea to, uh, also of assigning movies to each other whether yeah. it's knowing because i'm like you like horror is not my thing as a general rule like to me horror is dumb because i know it's fake like i just don't care like i'm not invested in it it doesn't but then i see something like you know get out which is right. maybe more suspense than horror yeah um and you know of course i love the classics i love the shining i love you sure. know some of those kinds of movies which may not even again necessarily be horror movies as, on the vein of like Friday the 13th or Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street, something like that. But I love the idea of assigning movies because you know, hey, Michael's not really into horror, so we're going to give him assignments. Or, um, you know, Dr. Earl's not into whatever, so he gets something else. Or, you know, like you do that, and because you're friends and because you know, you know, I'm going to make him work for it a little bit. It's not just, exactly. Hey, he gets to go watch Raiders because everybody loves Raiders. It, right. But, exactly. You know, so I like that because not only does it help you expand your horizons. And like you said, you've kind of come around to horror on certain levels, mm -hmm. but it also creates things for you to talk about. And as a content creator, I'm always looking for what is the next angle? What is, yeah, you know, no and you've been doing it for 10 years. So you could oh. have hit a wall at any time. That's amazing. Oh, we hit the wall about year five. And we just pushed through it. We just kept going. <laughs> well, and that's what you have to do. I, I truly yeah. believe that. Yeah. Um, in one of the recent shows, and I wanted to ask you about this. Okay. Um, one of the recent shows that you guys did, um, it may, be, may actually be the most recent one. You guys talked about um, the last Blockbuster documentary. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just watched that last night. And... It was great. And like, I love Paul Shear. So I was excited to see him and, yeah. you know, to have that connection, seeing that. I was so pleasantly surprised with the number of Star Wars Easter eggs, not the least of which is James Arnold Taylor, like three or four different times. Yeah. Yes. And the, um, I can't remember which guy it was, but the guy that had all the Star Wars posters behind him and he had that Revenge of the Jedi okay, poster so right in the middle. That dude, you know, you always think that you know all the Star Wars fans, like the mega right. fans. 
And he's a band. But, he's a music somebody, isn't he? Secret Garden. And, and yes. you know, that was a horrible band from the 90s. Sorry if you like Secret Garden, but I mean, it's just <laughs> it a horrible band from the 90s. Um, and the dude apparently is obsessed with Star Wars. And I want to know more about that guy. Like, you know, yes, Rick, like Rick Springfield, huge Star Wars fan, has like one has of the a ridiculous collection, huge collection. <laughs> yes. And you always hear about that guy. And, mm -hmm. you know. I had never heard that the guy from Secret Garden was a Star Wars fan, yep. so that and, really intrigued me. You need to get him that, on this show. That, that's right. I need to work on. And right there, dead front and center of that shot that he was in was a, a, a clearly an original Revenge of the Jedi. Yes, movie theater poster before everything changed. And that's how you know. Um, that's the hint that you know it's next level. Like when the right. guy has when a dude has <laughs> the Revenge of the Jedi poster, you know the dude's next level. Yeah, he he he, he passes the shibboleth test, as it were. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. So, and again, and that's such, that's so up my alley. And like I said, the other reason I know, and I have become a subscriber just in this week of doing this research is I texted this to you and I told it to you again earlier. I listen to your show and I find myself participating and commenting in the show literally out loud in my car as you're talking about stuff. And yeah. you know, you're trying to come up with off the top of your head. What was the other thing that Joe Morton was in? And I'm going Terminator. He was the Skynet guy. Like yeah. I'm saying it out loud. Like I'm there being helpful Yeah, and, and it's an engaging show. So I really love that. You know, that's what y'all do. And like I said, it's that part of me that I get to live vicariously through your show because I would love to do, you know, a movies and TV shows because I consume more than star Wars. I love star Wars. I watch, you know, I could do a whole thing about 30 rock. I could do a whole thing about yeah. the officer parks and rec. Like I could go on all these other channels, but there's not enough time and podcasting hours in the day for me to do that. Right. And um, it's funny. It's so, funny. You mentioned that. I mean, because uh, part of the, the pandemic thing that occurred, we kind of got into the YouTube game also. And we do a uh, show called the deuce cast extra, um, mm -hmm. which is more TV based. So it's just about okay. the most recent episode of whatever show like Earl and I, Dr. Earl and I did Yellowstone because that is a dude. Soap opera. Um, it's such a good it show. Is, it is awesome. And so we, we found ourselves just wanting to spend 30 mm -hmm. minutes after we watched the episode talking about it. And we had never really dipped our toe into the YouTube game. Uh, that's just not something that, that we took the time to do, but, one of the things that just happened with the pandemic, I mean, you just find extra time to do stuff like Absolutely. that. And so we, we do that every Monday night for whatever show, like, of course, we're, like everybody else in the world, we're watching the Falcon and the winter soldier. So, oh my we God. Do a, a, <laughs> you know, we yep. do a show talking about that. So, and that, and that's what I love too. And again, there's more than I can get to, right. Whether it's new stuff like Falcon and winter soldier, WandaVision, you know, I haven't figured out. I don't think I have an angle yet, but Bad Batch is coming out soon. And there's a part of me that wants to talk about that. But there's others that are going to do it. And I'm probably just going to listen to them. Well, but like, yeah. But I could go back to, you know, I always go with like the Mount Rushmore proposition. What is my Mount Rushmore of TV shows? Yeah, what are we the had four if I had? That, yeah. Um, and so, like, I would do a Sopranos deep dive in a heartbeat. Nice. I would do a Deadwood deep dive in a heartbeat. My all time Great. favorite TV show is the West wing. Like, and nice. they've done that West wing weekly. It's one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to with, right. you know, Josh Molina and Rishi from, um, sound, uh, sound, I forget. Um, anyhow, phenomenal podcaster, um, sound song exploder. That's what it is. Song. Exploder. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but, that one was so good. Right now I'm listening to uh, talking Sopranos with Michael Imperioli and nice. um, the guy that played Bobby from the Sopranos. And that's fun because 
they were there, you know, the office ladies. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those, because I love those shows and I'm such a sucker for behind the scenes. How did they make it process stories? You know, what are the fun stories from the set about, I mean, that guy that played Bobby in the Sopranos played college basketball at like Brooklyn city college or somewhere. And I'm going, I would have, you know, they have that one scene where he's playing basketball with Joey pants and yeah. you know, whatever. But like at the same time, you're going, I don't actually, that wasn't him. That was him and Vita. That's a different one. But I'm going that guy, he doesn't look like a basketball player, but he also had to wear a fat suit in the Sopranos and they did a good job of kind of selling that. Oh, and, interesting. I didn't um, know. So, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. And there's that part of me that goes, I want to do my own version of that, but I shouldn't yeah. because somebody else is already doing well, it. It's, it's funny. Thing with that. I mean, you know, with podcasting, you always, you know, what was the first show you listened to? Right. I mean, you always think about mm -hmm. that and like what made you fall in love with the, the medium. Right? right. And, um, I watched, uh, or I would watch the law lost like everybody else. Uh -huh. And I found this random podcast called Jay and Jack, uh, lost podcast or whatever okay. and they would just break down every episode and so that was kind of like my first podcast and then you know the everybody at that time you know the first star wars podcast i listened to was the force cast i mean it was just okay. kind of you know mm -hmm. it's just kind of what happened back then i mean podcasting was so new there really wasn't that many people <laughs> and then five years Boy, how in, that changed <laughs> yeah five years in it's a flood i mean you can find anything and everything you can probably find yeah. a and that's podcast Oh, no doubt. And that, and I love, just like I love a good documentary, I love a good documentary style podcast where, um, did you listen to the Winds of Change podcast? No, I mean, and D Dave is probably, if he's watching or, or going to watch this later, he's laughing. I mean, he knows I'm not a documentary guy. Okay. And so I, I don't really listen to many of those. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she loves all the real crime stuff. Any well, and my wife loves yeah. that stuff too. Oh, and so man. we... You know, we watch a lot of documentaries together. I draw the line a lot of times at like the true crime, cold case, you know, whatever. Yeah. But there are so many things that when they're done in a good documentary style, it doesn't matter what it is. Like Hero Dreams of Sushi. No, it's about a dude making sushi in a subway in Japan where six yeah. people can go and eat. And it's one of the craziest. Th it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Or now, have you heard of the documentary that will just emotionally wreck you before called Dear Zachary? No. If you if you want to be emotionally wrecked <laughs> and probably ruined for about a year, watch that documentary. I mean, mm, it I'm gonna have, have to you. save that for a special occasion. But it is really well done, and it's super. It's like a great documentary, but the subject matter will just it just. So look it up later, dear Zach. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, It'll and that's what I was going to say. There are so many things that are so good, like that Winds of Change podcast is about the Scorpion song "Wind of Change" mm. that was out that was popular in the eighties. That's awesome, and how. And how was that a propaganda mechanism during the Cold War and in the early 80s? Like, ah, it's fascinating. Like, were, were the guys in the Scorpions some sort of, like, sleeper agent, CIA? Like, was it written? Like, oh, it, it's really, yeah. Yeah, it, it's something, it's wild. It's one of the, and so again, there's so much of that. Um, mm. But for me, like you said, with podcasting, what were the first ones? What were the first, you yeah. know, something I grew up, not grew up. Um, I started in college listening to the Tony Kornheiser radio show. Oh, nice. Yep. Tony Kornheiser from PTI when he was still on ESPN radio, he yeah. came on after Dan Patrick and Tony Kornheiser has always been one of my spirit animals. He's a grouchy old man. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He always says, you know, what works on his show is smart and funny. That's where I tend to check in. And get, you know, if a show is smart and funny, I'm there. I'm in for it. 
I love um, that. And so I started listening to that in college and he would go through different iterations or when he left ESPN radio, he went to, you know, something localized in Washington, DC where he lives, but you could stream it, you know, on the internet. Yeah. And yeah. at that point it was a stream. It wasn't a podcast. And then some yeah. point it became a podcast. So like I've been listening to that for 20 plus years now. And then that slowly opened up the doors to, you know, how did this get made or mm -hmm. wow. which is one of my all time favorites. Um, but then the first Star Wars podcast I found was Star Wars Minute. Oh, yeah. That's and, a um, yeah. Pete and Alex. Those guys. Yeah. Love that show. Um, Alex was actually on here a couple of weeks ago, and that was a big deal for me because I was oh, like, cool. you're the first star. You got me into this. That's great. Um, but I also and I said this to him, I had that moment of I discovered that when I listened to it for a while. I loved the concept of it. And then at some point it occurred to me, I bet there's other Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> Little did Little I know, did you know. <laughs> went and searched. There's, you know, 76,000 and I'm just one of them. Right. Um, but I love the medium. I love the format. I yeah. truly love music. I've been a musician a lot of my life. Oh, cool. And I don't nearly listen to music the way I used to because all my time is consumed with podcasts and yeah. I have too many. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's politics, current events, sports, entertainment, whatever it is, um, you know, Steve was talking about when he was on at the beginning, he's into the high Republic books and he always gives mm -hmm. me a hard time because I love to read, but I don't ever take the time and choose to read. Like mm -hmm. at night I watch a show or a movie on my iPad because it's the path of least resistance. I don't have to have a light on. I can put yeah. a headphone in. I don't bother people. Um, he's like, we need to do, you know, audible and audio books. I'm like, you're right. But I also have all these podcasts that I can't keep <laughs> up with. So yeah. I just don't prioritize it the right way. Yeah. Um, but it's such a fun medium and what you guys do is so fun. And like I said, I'm jealous because I love star Wars and I love kind of staying, you know, trying to do the one thing I really know really well. Um, but I have these moments where I'm like, I need to tell somebody about this, you know, the episode of winter soldier that was on yes, two days ago or, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's really great. And again, 10 years, like that's really a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we keep hearing people telling us that and it, it's really, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't want to be doing it with anybody else. I love these guys that I do it with. And I think that's why I keep doing it because I love them mm -hmm. like they're my brothers. Um, you Absolutely. Know? And so it just makes it easy to, to find the time to do it when all of our spouses would probably really rather <laughs> us be doing something else. Um, the, and you know, and then you add kids to that mix and, you know, you find less and less time to do the stuff, but, um, <laughs> I think it's just, a, it was, it's been important to me over these 10 years to make this a priority and continue that because we obviously don't get to see each other that much anymore. Um, and so doing the zoom thing has been weird for us because at least sure. before we would get to hang out in the same room and do the podcast. Um, but you know, it's still been fun. I mean, it's still, it's been a fun 10 years where it's weird because we hit the 10 year mark, but then also another big deal that we're hitting this year in September is going to be episode 500. That's kind of okay. like a bigger deal in the podcasting world, not necessarily how long you've been doing it, but, but how many episodes. And so we're, um, we're really excited and we're going to, that's going to be the big blow up episode. The 10 years we celebrated, but the, the 500th episode, and I joke with David, I was like, once we hit 500, I'm done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's it. I'm hitting 500, taking it, and I'm going home. That's right. <laughs> I love that. Well, um, well, as we talk about movies, and before we transition to our top seven list, yeah. because we do have a fun top seven list ahead, because you're a movie guy, and I went back and I downloaded um, back in December, actually. I don't know 
maybe it was the day after, but um, the Disney earnings call, the big oh, Disney yeah. earnings call that stopped the world. Yeah. Uh, that man, was, that was on December to the 10th. I know that because that's my wedding anniversary. <laughs> um, I was in the kitchen cooking dinner, live streaming it on my phone and getting irritated every time they did those little cutaways to the video footage. They weren't going to show the people not in the room. Um, but that was a big deal. And that gave us a lot of content and a lot of things to look forward to. So yep. as a movie guy, and it doesn't have to be a movie thing, yeah. but out of all the star Wars stuff that they talked about in that, what were the couple of things that really, you know, you were really excited about and really keep, are looking forward to? Well, I mean, I think the dude right now and really over the last like, gosh, 10 years that knows star Wars better than anybody and loves Star Wars more than anyone because he gets to make it uh, is Dave Filoni. And so Absolutely. you tag his name on something and I'm there. I don't care what it is. Um, it, so I'm, I'm super excited about the future. The Ahsoka show, which gosh, Ahsoka's, and I don't want to go down on too long of a rabbit tra trail. That's all right. We, 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 we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you go to the theater and you see a movie like the Clone Wars animated movie, Mm -hmm. And you're sort of like, that was the worst. That wasn't that great. <laughs> that, that Padawan's kind of annoying. Um, and I have grown to love that character. It's not my fit. Like Han Solo is still my boy. Han Solo sure. will always still be my Same. boy, but Ahsoka is up there at least in my top five Star Wars mm -hmm. characters of all time. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a character that I absolutely love. And I, and I know Rhett probably right now is retching because he, he's not a huge fan of anything that's animated. Um, sure. But uh, that character, I, I've got Ashley Eckstein's autograph. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those characters that I just ended up falling in love with. Now, a lot of it did have to do with Ashley and I'm excited mm -hmm. that Rosario Dawson's doing it, but I really would have loved to have, seen Ashley get to do the live action, but I get it. I, I understand why that can't happen. Sure. But um, so I'm super excited about that show just because it's going to be, I mean, what my, in my opinion, it's going to be the search for Ezra Bridger and Thrawn, you yes. know, that type of thing. And so, well, and, and if I can say, yeah, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent and I'm exactly on the same page, not only about Han Solo, but Ahsoka might well, be edging into my Mount Rushmore of Star Wars characters. And it honestly, I'm exactly the same way you are. Yeah. I was old enough that when the, even the Clone Wars animated series came out, it wasn't really my thing. Like I knew yeah. it existed. I kind of yeah. didn't care. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And that changed actually when Rebels came out. Mm. And Rebels for me, and I say this probably on a weekly basis, Rebels is some of the best Star Wars storytelling it, in the Disney era. I mean, it's way, way up there. Like, I love Rebels. Yeah. And a lot of my love for Ahsoka came from her role in Rebels as Fulcrum. The thing, you know, that world, but world between worlds arc, the battle that she has with Darth Vader mm. um, in that temple. And what it did for me is it caused me to then go back to the Clone Wars to kind of flesh that character out, flesh out other things like the dark saber mortis, you know, I, it ref, I always say that clone wars for me became like a reference book. Yeah. When something happened on rebels, I was like, Oh, I need to go find that in clone wars and figure out what all that is, you know, backstory wise, but that character of Ahsoka. And then, and again, for as much as I didn't care about the clone wars, like this last series that they did to wrap it all up mm -hmm. and her arc and the thing with oh, Maul, and, you know, it, it really was powerful. And in fact, one of my favorite parts 
is that ending part. It's her and Rex and mm-hmm. you know, that scene at the very end with the helmet in the snow and the reflection of Vader and the lightsaber Dude, and that whole thing. I've got to tell you that that was one of the most cinematic things that I have seen Filoni like ever do. I mean, the music alone harkened back to stuff like Vangelis, like Blade Runner esque. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's an idiot. No, but <laughs> But, uh, but dude, that, that, that last moment, um, just so good. I mean, I'm like thoroughly impressed with everything that Dave Filoni has ever done. And I'm just, uh, we are all so lucky that he has dipped his toe into live action and is moving into that realm. Well, and him and Favreau as a combo, I mean, that's something else because... You know, Favreau's that guy that like, oh yeah, he was the swingers guy. Oh yeah, he was the doctor and elf. Right. Oh yeah. Right. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, he might well be our generation's George Lucas. Like the Could technology, be. Could be. the yeah. storytelling, the ability to, but maybe even better than George, because, you know, George would have some of those limits with dialogue and character, mm-hmm. you know, some some of those faults that you always hear, you know, it's, it has to be more than just faster and more intense. Like it has right. to be, you know, something else. And so to get, you know, that dream team of Favreau and Filoni, well, you know, anything like you said, anything they do I'm in for. Yeah. And I think what's different between Lucas and Favreau, I think Favreau understands and relishes the collaboration aspect of things. Yes. Maybe a little bit more than George did. Um, you know, George, some of his earlier, he was a little bit precious with some of his stuff, but, uh, Favreau knows who he wants to work with mm-hmm. and hired some of the really best directors for that first season of Mandalorian on into the second season. Um, so he's, uh, and, and then he knew immediately Filoni's a guy I want to almost mentor in a way. I know those guys are probably around the same age, sure, but he's still, um, you know, mentoring him in a way, bringing him into that live action world. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and knowing that he has a, that Filoni has a wealth of knowledge that Favreau needs. Um, well, and, so and, he, and that's the thing. I yeah. think that's such a key point yeah. is Filoni was literally the guy that sat at George Lucas's feet. And if yep. there's anybody that understands it as well or better than George <laughs> Lucas, it's yeah. Dave Filoni. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, I love hearing Filoni tell the story about how he got that job and how George is just kind of checked out and doesn't really care. And he asked him some question. He's like, no, that's the right answer. <laughs> you know, if George Lucas tells you you got it right, you know, that's a big deal. But to have that pedigree, to have that depth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's such a great point about Favreau and the collaborations piece, because three years ago, if somebody had told you, all right, there's going to be a new Star Wars thing. And it's going to be Ron Howard's kid, Robert <laughs> Rodriguez, yeah, yeah. Car, um, you know, Carl Weathers. Like these are going to be the people that direct it. You're like, yeah, what are you on? And what are you talking about? <laughs> and it, I mean, yeah. and every episode, I mean, the action in that Robert Rodriguez episode, oh, man. Boba Fett, and so the, like, we've not gotten that kind of Star Wars, but it did for me. What I've heard other people talk about is. I wasn't a Boba Fett obsessive. Like growing up, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's kind of cool. He's got a helmet, but he kind of died in a punk way because he got his jetpack hit. Exactly. And he was supposed to be the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know why, because of what Robert Rodriguez did working yeah. with John Favreau and Dave Filoni to make that episode. And you're like, Oh snap, this is the Boba Fett we heard about. And 
you know, I'm not obsessed, but I've come around on Boba Fett more than I had before. Um, yeah, definitely. So, so I think that's a big deal. So anything Favreau and Filoni you're excited about, that's obviously an easy one. Is there yeah, anything else that came out of that? that definitely. You know, I mean, I think if you're talking about the Disney plus series, um, the acolyte is very intriguing to me. Um, I, I'm really interested in that. Um, Russian doll. If, if you haven't seen mm -hmm. that series on Netflix, uh, yes. Netflix, that's, um, you know, the series, Leslie Headland is, is, created right. that she's doing the acolyte i'm interested in that also i mean i've been keeping up with the high republic stuff so i mean that's only supposed to be a short time after the high republic so i'm very interested in that and then the taika watiti movie uh looks <laughs> yes. like i mean gosh that guy can can do no wrong so i'm very much looking forward to that as well that that's the one of course i'm looking forward to kenobi as a person right. who struck right. as, as a person who struggled with the prequels because i was of that certain age I've come back around to the prequels, um, a yeah. reform prequelist, as we like to say. There you go. Um, but Ewan McGregor was always the best part of the prequels, his Obi-Wan, totally. especially when you get into two and three. Um, so, of course, I'm excited about that. But my number one thing is this Taika movie. And I don't yeah. know what it is. And I don't. But I will. And the reason is because, and this is the hill that I've chosen to die on. Thor Ragnarok is the best MCU movie there is. And I won't argue with you. I, I will claim that all yeah. day long. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I still think uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is probably still the best. But, I mean, look, Taika changed the game quite a bit with that Thor Ragnarok. I mean, he, right. he had a really good balance uh, of humor um, that that character had not really seen much. Um, and I very much look forward to his, his next Thor movie and what he's going to do with Star Wars. Um, mm hmm it's it's good um absolutely and i think yeah. the one other and of course all of it is to be excited it's new star wars like somebody said not right. too long ago like yeah. it's new star wars i'm not gonna not be excited like bring me on the anime thing i don't do anime but i'm gonna watch it yeah um but the other one and especially because of the personal connection um what's her name from wonder woman i totally blanked um Gal Gadot? Or, or no patty jenkins oh yeah patty jenkins the patty yeah. jenkins movie when she put out that video about her dad being a fighter pilot right, and how she right. wanted to do something that was, you know, to honor that, that was a really good, you know, fighter plane kind of thing. And she had never found it. And she gets the chance to do that in star Wars. Like yeah. the personal connection in that to me is telling me already that has the potential to be really cool. Yeah. Um, and so I love the drive that she has to want to do it that way. Um, well, speaking of passions, we've talked a bunch about movies. We've talked about, you know, your show and things to be excited about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you are obviously a Star Wars fan. You're obviously a Star Wars collector, as you mentioned at the top of the show. And so as we were talking and getting ready for this, um, I asked you, you know, what is the top seven? What is something that we could count down? And you were like, well, if you haven't done it, I'd love to talk about my top seven Star Wars collectibles. So nice. that's what we're going to do tonight for yeah. our top seven. Um, and this is exciting to me. I'm also a Star Wars collector. It's not obvious by looking at all tell. the stuff piled <laughs> up behind me. Um, but I love hearing about other people's collections and I love seeing the things. And of course, I know because you sent me some of the pictures to get ready, but there's stories with collections. And that's the big thing that yeah. I love about things that we collect. You know, I, I grew up and my parents, you know, collected lots of things, the tr little spoons that everybody's grandmother had when they traveled and went different places. Yeah. Um, there was a huge beanie baby thing at my house at some point, like, you know, all those things happened and there were connections to them. And so 
we're going to jump right in um, with your number seven, and oh, okay. I'm going to get it up here on the screen, and oh, okay. I want to hear about it. Okay, well. No, that's right, yep. I mean, this I one. Got it. <laughs> we, we have, and for our audio listeners, in case you're, you're not able to catch the live stream, right. uh, number seven is a Poggle the Lesser figurine with the base on the little Attack of the Clones um, stand and holder. So please tell us about Poggle the Lesser. So Poggle the Lesser, uh, that particular character, I think, is one of the most misunderstood characters in the prequel trilogy. Um, that is a character that was trying to just do what was right for his people uh, <laughs> and ha was just misunderstood because of that and uh, got, got the short end of the stick. Now, there's also kind of a real-world uh, story with Poggle the Lesser that I'll have to point you to Card Trader Illuminati because it's, uh, it's an emotional story uh, from my childhood. <laughs> And I, I think that if you really want to know, you'll go find the episode on Card Trader Illuminati where I talk <laughs> about the emotional story that has to do with bugs. Um, Absolutely. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's a character, one of the characters that I just sort of picked when we were doing the Tops Star Wars Card Trader mm -hmm. app. There was everybody had the character that they were going to hoard, right? Right, uh, and and so that was a character that nobody else uh, at the time had had snagged for obvious reasons. Uh, so I I chose that character, and um, I've got my name on the back of a Poggle the Lesser card. So that's all. Nice. That's all that one can really want in life, really. Is to have I, that's your name right. That's the big time on the back of the well, Poggle the Lesser card. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so well, this keep, was keeping this with was the a theme. shout out to those people. That's right. Well, keeping with the theme, Rhett said his favorite collectible is his life-size, anatomically correct Tan Wee figure. So, uh, you, you don't have to put his stuff up. You don't <laughs> I, I, I feel like I like watching his comments make you squirm just a little bit, and that's a they, problem they on my nervous. side. So they do. They make they. I die inside every time I see him type something. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of, there's there's a lot of fun stuff with Poggle the Lesser on Card Trader Illuminati. Um, but it's it it is a character in all honesty that I think was really treated poorly and misunderstood quite a bit. Absolutely. Well, in that whole as we you know we see and we talk about the prequels, you know, we had all this discussion about trade federations and trade agreements, and it you know the yeah. government heavy side of it, and we just didn't take the time to understand because we just wanted to see people laser sword one another. So <laughs> exactly. That's all we were really there for. So excellent start to the list. Well, as we transition into number six, um, oh. we have the Bantha and the Tuscan Raider. Okay. So this, this one, um, I fell into an obsession with these itty bitties. Okay. I've never been really a dude that obviously had a bunch of like dolls around, but I don't know what it was about these. Um, I wasn't very much into the Funko Pops. Right, and so this sort of took over the the Funko Pop obsession that everybody seems to have. Um, <laughs> now, this one is the first con exclusive, and now when I say convention exclusive, I mean that's a thing. Like if you go to these Star Wars conventions, there's mm -hmm. always these exclusives that a bunch of different companies will have an exclusive. So this right. was the first one that Hallmark did, and it was sort of like my white whale. It was one okay. that. I figured I would never get. I wasn't certainly going to pay what the price it was on eBay. And um, out of nowhere, on my 40th birthday, 
a, a guy that I've known since I was 16, 17, uh, Tommy, who, who, uh, I've mentioned a little bit earlier that did the, mm-hmm. the card trader Luminarity podcast. And he helped produce the deuce cast for a long time. He shows up to this restaurant that we're at with this thing. And I, I literally like, I, I start crying almost. I mean, you wow. know, it, it's, uh, it was a big deal, like for a collector to get something they never thought they would get. I mean, from, Absolutely. from just like a whale standpoint and to mm-hmm. come from a friend, I mean, you know, it's a, like I said, these guys we that I've grown up with and just that that I, I and he's probably the one I've known the longest out of all my friend groups. Um, Absolutely. It's Tommy. Uh, I know him since high school. And, you know, I if if I was ever in a situation where I had to push him out of the way of a, of a car, I probably would. I mean, these are guys <laughs> I love. I mean, it's just, you know, we give each other a really hard time and we pick on each other a lot, just like friends do. But and Star Wars has brought us together. And this was just he knew that I wasn't going to go get it myself. And so he went out and I never asked him how he got it, what, what he, what he did to get it. Um, I didn't really want to know because I, I didn't want to know that he spent a lot of money on me, <laughs> Sure, but uh, it, it's, it's That's pretty awesome. awesome. And if I can show it the bottom of it, yeah, yeah. this was, uh, I don't know. It's hard to see on the screen, uh, let me but get, so perfect. a lot of the con exclusives, um, ah, it's not going to show up, bro, but this actually has a patch on the bottom that says, okay. um, 2014 comic convention exclusive um they stopped doing that this is the only one that kind of has that like patch on the bottom of it that's so it's kind cool. of a big deal um mm-hmm. to, to have that that particular one so that's awesome that, well it, it I, I makes it. me think no that's great and it makes me think of two things i love how you said um you didn't go down the the funko pop road i have a couple right. but it that's not one of my things um yeah i know lots of people who have fell, fell down what we like to call the funk hole Um, you know, and then you have to arrange them properly. So properly. So then you have an issue with funk shui, like it becomes this whole deal. Um, so that was never one that I fell down, but I did hear, excuse me. Um, I think it was Alice and Laura on the force toast podcast. They one time referred to Funko, Funko pops, uh, Funko pops as precious moments for nerds. Um, (laughs) and that's a good, I fell out of my chair when I heard that because that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, if I tilted my camera, I've got all of these things. I've got right. all, I, I I have all of them now and it's a sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, the only thing that I have gone completely overboard with. Um, well, I, I usually like, I've got all of this, the black series Mandalorian figures. Okay. But I've limited it to that. Like I've right. said, I'm only going to get them now. That's gotten ridiculous, but I've only, I'm only going to get the Mandalorian black se- series mm-hmm. figures. And I've got all of the Macquarie, um, figures Concept that they did a couple figures. years ago. I've got all of those. Mm-hmm. So it's very limited. Like I never went crazy with the figures or anything, but these stupid itty bitties, man, I'm obsessed <laughs> that's with them a, for some reason. That's, well, <laughs> and I get that. And that's tough as a collector because there are certain modes where like, you know, you want to be a completionist. Like you find yeah. a certain thing. You're like, I have to have all those things. Yeah. Um, And it, and it's very easy because there are so many things to overextend yourself try, you know, whether you have space, whether you have the money, whatever it is. Um, I know people who, you know, they're completionists for black series and they want to see oh, every one of those numbers oh. from one, you know, I can't and imagine. that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I was telling somebody just the other day, black series and vintage collection. That's fine. But those aren't for me. Yeah. The sculpts on those are a little weird for me. Like if it's not a helmeted character or mm-hmm. certain aliens, like I think they're kind of weird. Yeah. 
what I do love and what I'm working on still right now is getting a complete, you know, vintage run of figures. And I've got a long way oh, to wow. go, you know, to get all those. But I will say of the modern stuff, the one that um, I am down for to be a completionist is the retro collection that they oh, started cool. a couple years yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. Because there's usually only six or seven. Right. The seventh one is usually the exclusive in like a board game. Yeah. Um, and so I've got, you know, I think I'm short two of the ones that are out so far. There's a Mandalorian line of those that are supposed to come out, I think, this summer. And then the next thing will be up will be which ones did they select for the Return of the Jedi line. Yeah. Um, so th those are, again, there's six of them. It's an easier thing to go. Yeah, I can get all of those and not feel like I have to build a wing on my house or yeah. whatever it is. And I want to hit this too. You mentioned um, at the top of the show and with these being con exclusives, uh, you've been to Celebration before. Uh, yeah, um, I've been to a lot which of Which Celebration them. have you been to? Sweet. Uh, two, three, four, five, six... And then at one point they stopped with that. Um, they just started calling them like I've been to the two that were in Orlando. Okay. Um, so the only two that I've missed in the United States was um, Anaheim. The first one, uh -huh. uh, um, because for some reason we decided to have a kid. I don't know why So <laughs> I had to miss that year. And then um, Chicago, I did not go to either. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I have full intention of going to 2022. Um, I am. That's awesome. I'm planning on going to Anaheim. Um, the the there have been some amazing moments uh one of my favorites that i actually got not published or whatever but i sent in an email to the guys mm -hmm. at star wars insider and they put me in their magazine was um celebration los angeles so this was okay. right after jj abrams had directed mi3 and okay. he was getting ready to do star trek i think uh i snagged a picture with him he was just walking the floor walking the con floor with his kids uh -huh. And I snagged a picture with him, and that's like one of my crowning achievements at, at awesome. those things. Um, and I'm I'm not the autograph guy, but I've got Fulani's sure. autograph, I've got um, Ashley Eckstein's autograph, uh, and you know the Filoni one was fun because I just stuck out like the the uh, pamphlet and said, "Hey, can you?" This was before anybody knew who the guy was. Right. This was like Celebration three or four. I okay. handed it to him and he just signed it. You know, he's not behind like now you couldn't get near the guy. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool because he doodled a little clone trooper on it and then signed Sweet. his name. So that's really awesome. <laughs> it's just little things like that. And that's why you never skip those things because you just right. know. And, and why I was so bummed to miss the first one in Anaheim and the one in Chicago, because you just never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And now, like you had mentioned earlier, I want to meet some of these people that, I've interacted with online on the online Absolutely. community. Um, Absolutely. You know, our podcast is part of a, a really great podcast network called RetroZap um, mm -hmm. that, that Joe Tavano sort of uh, started several years ago. And that was one of the most fun things that we did in Orlando was those podcast meetups. I had right. such a blast with those podcast meetups. And I don't even host a Star Wars podcast. Right. But I got to meet all but these it didn't matter. podcasters. That's right. So it was fun. Um, That's anyway. awesome. Well, and so do you have tickets for Anaheim? I don't yet. No, I'm okay. going to buy them whenever they go. And I didn't, I didn't buy them, you know, the, the first time, the, right. Yeah. The first time. So I'll buy them, yeah. you know, and I, and I've, I've coupled it with a, a trip with the family to go to Disneyland or whatever. Nice. And so as long as I can sell my wife on, cause she's a Disney file, she's obsessed <laughs> with Disney. That's right. So as long as I can, you know, couple it with a Disney trip, she's going to let everybody go wins. Movies. 
Yeah. So I hear you. Well, um, and I've told this story too many times, but I'll tell it to you real quick. Um, I went to celebration in Orlando in 2017. Nice. Um, that was a good one. A good buddy, a good buddy of mine. We went down for the day. We were there on Thursday. So we left here on, we left Montgomery on Wednesday, drove, spent the night and we were just there for the one day. Boy, was I not prepared for everything that I got to see, That's awesome. you know, and we didn't do panels like we were, you know, it was mostly convention floor. Yeah. So they had the big middle stage. Um, my favorite, you know, I think my favorite moment from that was that I was there and in the crowd when Billy Lord came out and did the Carrie monologue right after nice. Carrie had died nice. um, on stage. That was such a cool connecting, you know, kind yeah. of moment. But as we drove home, all we could talk about was how unprepared we were for, you know, mm -hmm. like it has to be multiple day next time. It has oh, yeah. to be, yeah. you know, just all of it. So I didn't have tickets either originally when, you know, 20 or when I guess this last year was going to be yeah. 2020 was going to be. Um, and so now like I'm anxiously eagerly watching for when news is going to come of when yeah. they will go back on sale. <clears throat> and if any way possible, I can make it happen. Like I'll sleep standing up in somebody's car. Like I'll do what I have to, to go. And again, even if not for the star Wars part to connect with these people that I've met, yeah. you know, over this last year. So yeah. that's really awesome. That's, that's <laughs> what those things are all about. I mean, there's definitely really fun and I'll tell a, a little story yeah. about, you know, cause I've got one of those con exclusive, but I mean, one of the, my favorite moments that didn't have to do with, I mean, necessarily what I was watching or your whatever was, I was with my dad um, and my father-in-law and we did the drive down for the day thing too, for one of those Orlando things. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't going to stay the whole time, but we went to a Filoni panel and just out of nowhere, Lucas walks out and the place erupts. I mean, mm -hmm. it is absolutely insane. And just being there with my dad, and my father-in-law at the same time, getting to experience that moment with them. I will never forget it for, for the rest of my life. I mean, it's just, a, you know, it's one of those things I'm, I'm not going to get to do that kind of stuff with my dad again. He's not, he's not healthy. He's not doing sure. well uh, health wise. So it's those moments that I try and like hold tight because that is what star Wars is about. Sorry. Guys. Absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. Um, well, as we transition, as we keep talking about collections, because you're right, it is about power. It's about connection. And that's what these, you know, the collectibles connect to, whether it's something that a family member gave you, a friend gave you, like you said, this was powerful Oh yeah, because it was, it was from a friend and it was unexpected. And those are, you know, those are the ones that catch you even more, you know, in that moment. So as we move on to the next one, we oh, have yes. something that hits me in a sweet spot is yeah. Ralph McQuarrie art. This one's a humble brag, really, is all this one is. I mean, because that, that <laughs> is his signature. That is actually Ralph McQuarrie's signature. Now you can tell it's it's close to when you know he was he was uh, not doing well, um, right. you know, because the signature sort of shaky or whatever. But I picked that up at one of the the celebrations, and I mean, mm -hmm. without like Lucas Williams and McQuarrie, there would not be Star Wars. I mean, I'm thoroughly convinced that the That's stars right. aligned for those three guys to to work on star Wars together and um, the ability that Macquarie had to put Lucas's vision uh, into some of the concept art and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we, there's of course a ton of other people involved. Like you can throw out Joe Johnston's name and Dennis oh, Muir absolutely. And, and Bert, uh, you know, all those guys. But I mean, those three, that trifecta right there just is, is so important to star Wars. And, um, 
And I want to all the, every Star Wars fan not to forget Macquarie's name. Like all these youngins coming into Star Wars, they need to know about Macquarie. Doug oh, Chang and- is fantastic as well. Yes, Macquarie. Doug Chang will tell you Macquarie is why he got into that business. I mean, that's absolutely and, right. And so, yeah, that, that's, <clears throat> and that's it was a humble brag, really. That's why. Oh, well, and as well, it should be. And I've got you can see two of them on camera. I've got over my shoulder. I found. Last October, um, at a local thrift store here in town, which usually we don't have great thrift stores and I don't yeah. ever find anything. Um, I found the packet of these and it's only missing, I think, two. It's got 19 of the 21 prints that were inside of it. Of course, one of the nice. ones that's missing is the classic Luke Invader face off in the hallway. Um, and I haven't figured out what the other one is yet. I need to get back on that. Um, but I'm such a sucker for concept art and I'm such a sucker for Ralph Macquarie and this kind of, you know, again, process story. And that was another one of the things that I loved so much about rebels is so much of the art in rebels Mm. is Macquarie inspired, whether it's the buildings on Lothal, whether it's the troopers being that longer, leaner, taller, like the death troopers were. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, my favorite nod is Zeb who is concept art Chewbacca. Like, Yep. yep that's one of those things that I'm going, it's still there. It still lives. But these, to me, these are art. And like when I brought this home and I showed it to my wife and of course I was so excited because I got this whole thing for 15 bucks. That's awesome. um, And I brought it home and she was like, what is this? And I started showing it to her. And it was one of those rare moments where she was like, you know, those aren't so bad. Like, I don't want you to put them in the living room, but like they might look <laughs> nice framed and put somewhere. Yeah. Um, so four of them are out in the garage with me. <laughs> um, but I, I love that. And when you sent me, you know, these pictures of the stuff you had, I immediately keyed in on this one, especially yeah. because I just, I love Ralph McQuarrie and I love this kind of art. Um, awesome. So that's an excellent one. And as we move on to the next one. Ah, uh, yeah. We, this one, we have Han and Leia charcoal art. Tell us yeah, about that. Man. So th- this one, um, I, I commissioned this uh, from a local artist. Uh, her name's Dan Franklin up here in Birmingham. And I think that's another cool side of star Wars that a lot of people don't think about is just, uh, you know, your local artist or even mm-hmm. your, your artists that are, are doing these type of things for a living, even like the comic book artists that will, you know, do those blank cover pages for you and then fill them out, you know, draw whatever you want to. So I actually thought she was fantastic when I saw her stuff and I commissioned this particular piece because Han Solo is my favorite character. Uh, Carrie Fisher is near and dear mm-hmm. to my heart also. And just uh, Dan is just, she is just super talented. Um, I, I'll point you the easiest way to find her stuff and look at her stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause she does a lot of pop culture stuff also outside Sweet. of star Wars. Uh, if you go to Instagram mm-hmm. and just look up the hashtag, no, no bounds. So the N O N O and then bounds. Okay. Um, now, I'll preface it with saying that she does some some out there stuff uh, <laughs> like in the horror genre, sure. uh, but she is one of the most talented artists and she happens to be here in Birmingham. And I I uh, and I had that this is the first and only piece of art I have ever commissioned in my life. That's um, fantastic. And so I, I just think it's like such a, she's such a pro. And I mean, mm-hmm. and it's cool. It's on a piece of I know it's hard to tell in the picture, but I mean, it's on a piece of wood. Um, right. And okay, it's, yeah, it's, hang on. It's really yeah. cool looking. Just uh, it's just these little, and she puts this stuff over the top of it to keep it preserved or whatever. But um, I just thought she was super talented, and 
and I'm no guy that collects art or whatever, but I was right. like, I've, I've got to get her to do got to have that. That's yeah. really cool. And that reminds me of when we were at, um, celebration in Orlando that year. And I follow the guy on Instagram and I could still buy it online if I wanted to, but there's something about the chase and getting it in person, you know, yeah. at an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what his name is now, but he had pages from the original like Star Wars novels that, you know, oh, he had yeah. bought them at bookstores, or whatever. And he had drawn, you know, like there's one that has like Lando drawn on it that my buddy Chad that I went with, he bought one of those, you know, there was one that, again, it's just a page from like original new hope book and it's got R2 drawn on it or, you know, his art on a book page that would, you know, they're small, they're not huge, but I'm going, that's that kind of stuff. That's just unique yeah. and neat. And again, it's individualized art, um, which I think is really cool. So I, I am, I am also not a refined art person, but like, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Like when you see it and it's good, you just know, you're like, yeah, oh, I, need I mean, that, and that's, what, I it, that's what it was. You know, I, I met her in person. I looked at her stuff. There's a magic city art connection type thing here mm -hmm. in Birmingham that a lot of cities have something like that. And I saw her stuff and she had a couple star Wars things. And I was like, man, she's just so talented. Like, why is she not? working for somebody doing this for a like starving artist type thing is a real <laughs> right. thing by the way yeah um, that is you know but she's so talented and i and i was like you know what i don't care how much she's going to charge me i want to have this particular shot of han and leia uh, on charcoal on a piece of freaking wood because it looks awesome <laughs> no it's it's definitely awesome and it was an excellent choice um, let's see what we have next. I don't remember all these in order. Oh, this is a great one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this one this I, is I, a great I one. Uh, it was the first celebration I'd been to. Um, mm -hmm. and it was kind of the wild, wild west really. I mean, this was when wizards of the coast was doing them. Um, okay. and so with Indianapolis, of course, from Birmingham, that's not that big of a drive. I mean, you're, right. you know, so it was kind of a no brainer that me and my, my buddies went up there for the first two, uh, well, no, it was the second and the third one. The first one was mud fest Colorado, wasn't it? in Denver yeah. um, or whatever, where everybody that's ever <laughs> gone to that one talked about how it's the most muddy because it was outdoors in a tent and yes. it was like super muddy. <laughs> um, but upon research, I mean, Hasbro actually did not have a figure uh, at that first one. So this was the mm -hmm. first Hasbro con exclusive. <laughs> it's uh, George Lucas basically is what it is as an X-Wing pilot. Um, yes. Yeah. Then I was just going to say for the audio listeners, this is the George Sakul yes. figure from Celebration yeah. Two, Celebration yeah. exclusive. George Lucas as an X-wing pilot, and you've got George, and then it comes with one of the little mini X-wings, almost yeah. like the Hot Wheels ones, but smaller than that one. Yeah, like Micro Machines almost. That exactly. just dated me, but like Micro Machines. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally. But uh, the, you know, at that second one. They had like Wizards of the Coast did not know what to expect, obviously, because it was a madhouse. Like there were so many people there and you literally had to take a day like to stand in line to get the figure like they had mm -hmm. no well-oiled machine. I had to take the whole and I think I went ahead and took the Thursday or whatever the first day of the con. I literally stood in the line th the whole day for this thing. Um, I got one for myself one for my father-in-law uh and then um I, you know one of my buddies got one also and it, it just it took forever i mean yeah. and it's coveted because i just remember having to stand in line all day for it mm -hmm. <laughs> now oh, they've yeah. got it down to a science where you really don't have to do much of that anymore um but th this has just got that story behind it and and, well, and, it's, and cool. it's a great one 
Oh, it's a great one. And it's one that is on that list. It's probably not really a short list, but it's that thing that sometimes when I'm late night scrolling eBay and I'm like, I wonder what these are right now. What are these going for right now? And like, I keep watching and I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but one day yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those ones that I feel like I need again because of the unique nature of what it is and you know, where it came from and all of that. So yeah. Yeah. that's fantastic. Well, we also have next, um, and this one, I can't wait to hear about the return <laughs> of the Jedi scissors. Yeah. I mean, so like I said, I grew up uh, mostly overseas and you couldn't find the stuff. I mean, you couldn't find the Kenner figures over there. So this is literally the first piece of Star Wars anything that I got so from mm -hmm. this is from 83. It's a pair of scissors. I just it's near and dear to my heart, not because of what it is necessarily, but because it's literally the first thing that I ever got Star Wars. Um, that's fantastic. And, and I, I have managed and thanks to my mom, she knew how much I love. So she managed to like save this and make sure it didn't, I mean, and they're, they're not in great shape, but, um, it's just one of those things that, that if you, if you can still have the first thing that you ever got star Wars, then, you know, that's that would be awesome. huge. Yeah. Um, I don't have so, any yeah. of my original stuff, but, and again, it's a little pair of red scissors. It's got yes. the little, uh, the lenticular sticker in the middle of it. And it yeah. looks like it's, oh, it's Darth a Vader. It's a little hologram. The, yeah, okay. The hologram. And it, it's, and Darth it's impossible Vader. to see it because it's just so, but yeah, it's the, <laughs> Imperial, the Imperial shuttle. shuttle. And, yeah. And then Vader. But um, yeah, I mean, I've managed to keep those things and I, and I, and I love it. I mean, I'm going to tell my kids to bury it, bury it with mm -hmm. me. I mean, I'm going to yeah, be like, I, look, you don't get this. You put it in the casket. I want to be buried with this. <laughs> I, I get it completely. And I talk about it too much because I'm friends with some guys that do a collectible show. And, um, you know, for me, one of those things that I had as a kid growing up was the Han Solo blaster, the oh, Kenner, nice. you know, the whatever. And sometime in the course of moving a couple of times when I was in third grade, it got lost. And so I've never had it again. I don't have any of my original stuff from when I was a kid. None of that stuff, yeah. you know, survived moves and whatnot. But when, after that trip home from celebration to Orlando, one of the first things I did was I went oh, on eBay that, and I, and I got one and that, That's awesome. again, I'm very patient when it comes to eBay. Like I won't pay the crazy price just because yeah. it's there and I can get it. Like I'll wait for a deal. So yeah. I got this for like 15 bucks. No promise whether it worked or not. That's awesome. And I'll be danged if I didn't put batteries in it. And it yeah. still makes the horrible <laughs> noise great. that doesn't sound like a blaster. Well, I, I'm sad um, to say that these scissors don't cut paper anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't need to. They've, they've no, served they their do. purpose yeah. and they get to retire in peace. So that is an excellent, excellent one. And I love that personal connection to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, now we're at number one. And number uh, one, for anybody who's listening on the audio version, uh, Michael told me, he said, I'm going to send you these six pictures of these six. He said, and then number one, it's kind of a mystery. He said, I'll be able to talk about it. We'll talk about it on the on the show. Um, so I don't have a picture up. And for everybody that's watching, yeah, that yeah. was not an accident. So tell us about your number one thing in your collectibles. Well, I mean, the, the number one thing on my collection, it's, it's more of a personal thing. Um, it's not like the great, big huge massive you know it's not the rocket firing boba fett people i don't have that but <laughs> i'll be honest is, i thought it was a full set of stormtrooper armor that's what i was no thinking. <laughs> no it's not it, it's this uh quilt behind me so my mom Excellent. um and i'm gonna do my best to get through this but uh something that my mom loves and that she does uh as just her hobby and that she's done forever is quilting 
mm-hmm. um, and you know, just and it's not look, it's not fancy or anything, but it's like all my Star Wars T-shirts. Because when you're a Star Wars fan, you have like too many T-shirts. Correct. So I was like, Mom, if I give you some of my Star Wars T-shirts, can can you make me one of your famous quilts that mm-hmm. people beg you to make them over the years? Absolutely. Um, and she she took the time, and it's not an easy process. I mean, she took the time and, uh, you know made this for me out of a lot of my old t-shirts um Mm -hmm. and it's just near and dear to my heart i love it i always will love it it's something that i have a connection with my mom um and always will and it's uh it's i love it it's just just it's really fantastic it really is and it just looking at it right there behind you you've got star tour shirt um you know it's I love that so much. And it's so neat that you say that we talked before we came on the air. Um, I was in youth ministry for almost 20 years before I transitioned in my careers. And if there's one thing that you have a lot of in youth ministry, it's t-shirts because every retreat you do, every (laughs) event you do, there's t-shirts. And so I did the same thing. And my best friend, he was in youth ministry as well. And he actually managed to hang on to a bunch of his and do the same thing, get a quilt made out of them. I saved them in bags for years and thought, you know, this really does represent like a phase of my life, a career or whatever. Mm. Um, And then at some point I donated them and I got rid of them and I didn't (laughs) save them and do it. So I do regret that a little bit, but yours is even more personal and powerful because it's your mom. And that's so huge. Um, I, I just, my, my oldest daughter who loves star Wars she loves blankets and she just texted me from inside the house and said, I need that quilt. That's amazing. Like (laughs) she loves blankets and stuffed animals and you know, all these things, but that's such a worthy number one. And I'm so glad that you saved it as the mystery. And it makes a perfect background when you're on a star Wars podcast. So I mean, talk, talk about, you know, talk about it being exactly the right thing. Um, That really is fantastic. Well, what I normally do as we get to the end of our top seven list is, I usually throw in a couple of bonuses and they're things that, oh, wow. you know, maybe, maybe we're on my list that you didn't bring up or didn't talk about. And so I took okay. a couple of pictures to throw up awesome. and for, to, and for tonight's show, it just gives me a chance to brag about my collection a little bit. There you go. Not that it, it. Now, again, none of these are rocket firing Boba Fett's either. Um, <laughs> but a couple of things that, you know, are fun to me, things that I don't you know, it's not the Han Solo blaster. Um, the first one is the indie. Oh, I got to get the screen share back on. Um, the Indy and Cooper beer can. There no is a way, great, dude. there is a great <laughs> cut scene from when they were shooting star Wars, a new hope. And yes. this exists as a, as a gift, Jeff, however you say it on the internet of Carrie Fisher, handing a beer up to Mark Hamill in the X wing at that scene when they're back in, you know, the temple and whatever. And he grabs the beer. Well, being a beer lover and a beer nerd, I thought, what beer is that? And of course they were in the UK and so you can pause it at the right time. You can figure out what it is. And I went and bought one on eBay because somebody else realized the same thing I did is people yeah. are going to be looking for this certain kind of beer. Yeah. Um, it doesn't appear to be quite the tall boy that the one in the video is, but it's yeah. close enough and I'm Dude, totally I, here for it. I love it. Um, so to me, this is one of those like very deep cut, very yeah. nerdy, like, like it sits on the shelf next to like my R2D2 stuff and you know, if someone came in here, they'd be like, what is that beer can? Like, what is the that pink deal? shorts guy? Yeah, that's right. This is the pink shorts guy of Star Wars collectibles. So I love that, dude. That's so this awesome. is this is one of my favorites. Um, so the next one that I had is the troop oh. transport. 
I love yeah. this toy. I didn't have this toy as a kid, but I wanted it. Yeah. And this is the second one that I've had. Um, the first one I had, I gave to my buddy Chad. Um, and there's, you know, these great videos. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to zone out and get real zen for a minute, there are these great videos where these toy guys go in and like restore vintage Star Wars toys. Yeah. And this one was so neat because the sound mechanism inside of it is basically like a little teeny tiny record player. And when you hit the buttons on it, it spins it. And actually, actually, I've got it right here. Um, I took the time personally to take it apart, figure out how to get it working again. Nice. Oh, dude. And so. I've never heard this before. This is awesome. It has. It's going to repeat at some point, but. Oh, and you can wow. even the, the fact that you can hear the crackle in it like it's a record player. It's it's one of my favorite. I toys. love that. So much. And again, for a toy I didn't have. So then I got a second chance at it and I got this one, like I said, went in, cleaned it, followed that video, kept pausing it so I could figure out how to make it work. Um, I, it. I need I need to find the battery cover for it. Those are pretty rare. There were two of them. And in fact, Rhett says um, it was a Sears exclusive. And so there was one that didn't have the sound bit. I think that may have been the UK version. Um, and then there was this one that had the record player and the sound in it. And so not only is it something fun that I didn't have that I always wanted to have, <clears throat> but the personal achievement of like, I got it. I brought it back to life. Like I did that. Yeah. Like that just, you know, was fun. I've done that with the vintage X-Wing, the, um, the snow speeder, again, just taking those motors out and just most of the time you just have to spin it until it starts going again. Cause it locked up. I um, I've, I've got a vintage Falcon and I haven't gotten the sound working on that one yet. That's still plaguing me a little bit. Um, so this was one of my bonus ones. And then my third bonus one goes to, you talked about Han Solo being your favorite character and he is definitely yep. my favorite character, but my one, a one B to Han Solo is R2D2. I love R2D2. He's right up there. Um, but something about these two oh, yeah. guys, I've got them. Yeah. Vin I've got those Vin two. Those vintage R2 and R5D4. Yes. Um, yes. I don't have the first 12 R2 yet where he didn't have anything in his head. Oh, um, this, yeah. is, this is the sensor scope one from yeah. Empire. And then, of course, the Saber one from Jedi is, you know, much harder to get and, you yes. know, a higher, a higher spend than some of the other ones. Yep. Um, but, and then just something about R5D4, like he had that yeah. one little moment, so great. bad motivator. But to see the things that happened with him in the certain point of view book, the story that's about him was such a fun little nod. And then for him to show up in Mandalorian for them to intentionally say, Hey, let's let this be him. Let's do some stuff down the back of the droid where it looks like they never cleaned up after that motivator blew. Yeah. Um, and it went bad. So <clears throat> these two guys, again, they're just a couple of small little, you know, vintage action figures, but I just love them so much. They make me happy. It's one of those things yeah. that, you know, I just look at it and I get a dumb grin on my face because it's a couple of toy robots. That's great. Um, so, so those are my bonuses, but I have to throw one more thing up here real quick uh -oh. because you talked about celebration exclusives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because we talked about Ralph McQuarrie, I do have yeah. the celebration for concept R2 and 3PO. Yep. Um, yep. And I did all. snag this off of eBay a couple years ago and it wasn't that hard to, you know, it wasn't too spendy as we like to say. Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those ones as much as I love Macquarie, as much as I love R2, you know, and again, that's another one. Chopper in rebels was concept art R2 yep. with the arms out, of, you know, sticking yep. out of him and that whole deal. 
Um, Love it. We could go on for hours just about collectibles, but we're not going to do that because it's Sunday night. We both have things that we need to do tomorrow. Um, but I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight, for hanging Man, out with so us, fun. for telling your stories. I think you have some amazing Star Wars connections. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there for all of your Deuce Cast co-hosts. You need to let Michael do more Star Wars stuff on the show. Um, <laughs> in fact, may- maybe maybe one of your thought exercises needs to be as you talked about the timing of Lucas and Macquarie and Williams coming together in just that right time to make this thing. Maybe the next one of your episodes needs to be a thought exercise on where else have you seen that in another oh. movie or genre or series? Like well, how that. close could you get to another version of that? Um, Indy seems like too that. hard because Williams is already involved. Lucas yeah. and Spielberg are involved. Yeah. Um, but you know, you guys need to let Michael do Star Wars stuff. That's all I'm here to say. Uh, well, as as we get ready to wrap up, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you um, on Twitter. And certainly we want to encourage everybody to go subscribe to the Deuce Cast. Um, but you're a great follow on Twitter. You're, you're a good person to interact with. Tell everybody where we can find you. Yeah, I'm at the Michael Nip on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's at the Deuce Cast on Twitter also. Um, now, being a movie guy, I hang out quite a bit on a, um, a site called Letterboxd. Okay. Uh, it's a site that kind of lets you log your, your movie watching experience with me trying to go through 365 movies this year. It's been uh, nice to have a place to, to log that and sort of keep track of that. And I'm a stats nerd, so if you go pro on Letterboxd, <laughs> you get to see all these crazy stats like how many of this director have you seen? How And, and it goes like through all the way down how many of this cinematographer's stuff have you seen and so it's it's for a stats guy it's it's an awesome website if you do the pro version so you can follow me on on letterbox just look for my name and i'm on theirs and i throw up reviews every once in a while or whatever um but then retrozap.com is kind of like the home for the deuce cast Mm -hmm. uh that's the channel that we joined about five years ago uh, and we've really enjoyed, you know, being part of that. As, again, it's a great community of people. And so, uh, we've really enjoyed being a part of that community over at RetroZap. So check, check us out over there. And then wherever finer podcasts are sold, we're everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you, you can find us anywhere on iHeart, we're on Spotify, we're on of course, Apple. I mean, you know, we're, we're everywhere. So. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. I can't thank you enough for being here tonight. Uh, I can't thank everybody enough that hung out in the live chat. Thanks for being with us. Thanks especially to Rhett. Shout out for keeping it interesting. No, no. no Michael <laughs> says no, but this is my show, so I get to shout out to Rhett. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody else that hung out in the live chat. I would love for you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Will's Pod and all of those places. And I also want to wrap up. I meant to do this up top. I want to spend a spe- send a special shout out to my friend Pete Fletzer. Um, I've got that new logo, this overlay that has the vintage return of the Jedi feel to it. Pete helped me get all those things created. So thanks to Pete for helping the show look good. And thanks to everybody that has subscribed to us on YouTube. We, I was kind of making a push for a hundred for the very simple fact that I wanted to be able to have our address be youtube.com slash podcast of the wills. Um, Earlier last week, we crossed that line. We're at like 124 right now. Now that we're over 100, I kind of don't care. So keep subscribing. That'd be great. Um, This isn't my job. I'm not going to try and make money doing this, but it's easy to have. It's nice to have an address where I can tell people where to find us. So thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being a part of the podcast of the Wills family. And until I see you again next week, may the force be with you always. (laughs) 